And here's a, something that came up for me when you were talking about that. It's the easy part. Mm-hmm. We like we tend to want to like resist the easy. So when something gets too easy, it must be wrong because it's not a struggle. Right. It's not hard. It's not like then we were telling like it's got to be hard to do stuff. When things fall into place, like let it. Like yeah. let yourself receive the easy. Right. Right. And that was hard for me. But let the easy be easy. Hello, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Whitting, your host, and today I have Jackie Cote with me, and we're going to talk about freedom and a whole bunch of other things. She's a great coach, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation with her. I think I say that every time I bring on a new guest. I'm looking forward to this conversation because I love a good, deep, juicy conversation, and I know we're going to have one of those. But let me just read you her bio first. Jackie Cote is a freedom mentor a speaker, an RV adventurist who helps hyper-driven, successful people who already have money and success but don't have a life they love. After working with Jackie, they learn how to awaken, empower, and own the powerful leader within so they can create the life they truly desire of freedom, adventure, and love and fit the money and success into that life. I love that. Jackie is a Jersey girl at heart and comes with 30 years of leadership management experience in the restaurant industry and has helped over 300 people move to higher levels in their career and life. Jackie took the leap into entrepreneurship by creating a fully virtual coaching business and is now living out her dream of freedom and adventure by traveling the country in an RV with her man and two pups, meeting virtual friends and changing lives on her terms. That sounds like a fabulous life. <laughs> it really, really is. Welcome, like, welcome, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. And thank you to your audience for paying attention to this time that they're spending with you and your podcast. It means the world to us. Yes, it does. It does indeed. All right. So let's start with where you started. You and I kind of bonded when we first talked because we both loved the restaurant business. You were in it far longer than I was, but it was really my first career as you know, if you can call it a career when you're a cocktail waitress in New Orleans. <laughs> no, that's career. That's yeah. not, everything's compressed time frames in New Orleans. <laughs> yes, that's true. You get that's a lot true. real quickly in New Orleans. Yeah. So tell us about what part of that work in the restaurant business you have brought forward into this the rest of your life. Yeah, you're right. I loved it. And when it comes to how I got into the restaurant business, it all started like early on when I was like 15. And I started getting my first real job because I think we all made money early on doing random stuff, mm-hmm. selling flowers from the neighbor's yard to the next person, which I don't tell anyone, never told anybody about that. But I, I, I like walked into this bakery and within like a month, they were like, all right, here's the keys. You're going to run the joint. And so from that point on, like I realized that one of my gifts was leadership, was leading others, getting camaraderie, getting people to like, you know, go together and on a mission. And but I didn't know that at 15 and was illegal at 15 to give me the keys, but it was a whole lot of fun. I look back now, I'm like, you know, $3 under the table, 15, but it was a mom and pop, you know? Yes. Yeah. And that would kind of got in my blood. And I, but I went to college, did the thing you're supposed to do and got a real job, got teaching, was in a year of teaching. God bless the teachers, but it wasn't for me. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was out. And so I ended up traveling. And so you can see like interweaved into my entire 30 years in the restaurant business. I always try to find a way to be freer in my being freer in the choices of time, location, you know, all that stuff. And so the restaurant business snagged me up at that point. And I went through, I traveled the country through the restaurant business and helped me go to Arizona for a couple of years. I went to California a couple of years. They transferred me back to the East Coast. And the whole time I was in a leadership role, just managing and helping people with that gift of belief, you know, that we talked about, holding that gift of belief for them, helping them get to where they wanted to go and next levels. And so that's really what I've taken into this business. And it was funny when I started my coaching schooling, my life and health coaching schooling to get my certification. I so I said, oh, I'm new at this. And one of my friends whipped her head around and was like, no, you're not. You've been doing this since you were 15. I really have been like a coach at heart. And they used to call me coach at all my jobs. Like, coach, what's the next plan? Okay, what are oh, we doing wow. for the shift? And so that's why, like, I sign off Coach Jackie all the time because really, like, I've been called that I was a manager in the dining hall in college. I was, you know, shift supervisors, assistant managers, general mm. managers, district managers, kitchen manager, you name it. Wow. I did it. But it was always because I loved the aspect of, 
like really like seeing something in someone that they didn't see in themselves, mm-hmm. holding that gift to believe up until they got there. And of course, when they got there, I was always like, okay, we're going to raise it further. Yeah. And right. we're going to go further. <laughs> we're not done. And, don't get um, too comfortable. No, don't get too comfortable. <laughs> this is not, no, you're worth, you're, you're worthy of more and you're, you're better than you think you are. And so that was fun. And that's what kept me. But I got to tell you, as you know, cocktail waitress, you worked long hours, you worked nights, you worked weekends, right? And mm-hmm. that's something that I got asked so many times over the 30 years, like, why do you still do it? Like, you work so many hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because there's just something that I love about what I was capable of using my skills and my gifts and doing in that industry. And 300 plus people later promoting to newer levels and, and doing all that really kept me like driven to do that. And mm-hmm. that until... Until, and how do I get to where I am today? Yeah. I actually, the last two years of that career, I was like, I'm going to take a challenge. And I pulled myself out of operations and put myself into a corporate office. Wow. Don't put someone like me into a corporate office. Animal in a cage. I'm like, uh-huh. what are you doing? Like, yeah, not so, much freedom in that, is there? <laughs> no. Like, I was commuting three hours into Washington, D.C. because I live mm-hmm. in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like, one and a half hours each time, each way. And then they're done that. I had, right? Yeah. I, I think that was the biggest relief. When mm-hmm. the final day came and, and my, my firing day, which I say is the best day of my life. <laughs> but that two years that I did that, it was a it was it was a struggle. Like I was like trying to fit like a circle into a square and mm-hmm. and I was just there's parts that I liked, but I was it wasn't for me. And I truly believe that the universe and God put that in my place so that once I got fired from the job because they one they were merging with another company, didn't have enough spots. And I was one of the ones who wasn't meeting their expectations. Well, thank God I wasn't yeah. because I would have never left the industry. Right. Right. And so when they let me go, it was like, I learned what I needed to learn in those two years, which is, you're going to laugh. It was all the behind the scenes. It was computer stuff. It was Zoom. It was Google mm-hmm. Drive. It was creation of documents. Useful information. Yeah. That I had no knowledge of two years previous. Mm-hmm. And now I look like, back and I'm like, thank God I had that. Yeah. Even though I was miserable doing it. Now I can run my own business. Isn't because it of what lovely when you can turn around and look back and go, wow, that was actually a gift. Yes. You know, the, the, the knowledge you got, the skills you got, and that you got fired, which, you know, like, yes. sometimes that's the best thing is when somebody goes, yeah, this isn't, you're not working here. Go do something else, you know. Yeah. I just remember like the, the I don't know about you, but where, I don't know where you wear your tension, but I wear it in my shoulders, right? Like yes. when there's stress, my shoulders, shoulders get real tight. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And I walked out of that building and my shoulders were loose. <laughs> Even though I just I just lost a high income job and I was like, I feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. With tears coming out at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's never fun to get fired from something, but on the other hand, look at, you know, you have you have turned around and looked at it from the other perspective yeah. on okay, that was actually a gift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. truly. So you've gotten your certifications as a coach and funny because I was thinking, well, that's the teaching. That's her form of teaching. You know, you thought you wanted to be a teacher. Coaching is teaching. I mean, it really is. Thousand percent. Just a different, it's more of an experiential kind of teaching than being in a school, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want, I did elementary education and I loved like fifth grade because they were like at that age where they could like talk to you like adults Mm -hmm. and yet wasn't quite programmed like adults. Right. So you had this like magical place where like they were inspired and influenced. I just take that same concept with adults now. And I always did throughout my whole career. I just, I love inspiring people to do more than they ever thought they could do. What a gift that is you give to people. Mm. So I'm, I'm, And I own it finally. I own yeah. that gift finally. Well, yeah, yeah, it's good because it's hard to like move into embracing that until you go, oh yeah, that is me. That is my gift. This is what mm-hmm. I'm doing. This is my passion. Yeah, those are the things that I know of looking back on my life. Those are the things I've excelled at. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, yes, I can do this. I'm good at this. I can, you know, it's like, right. I sometimes I want to be like humble or I want to be like, you know, oh, no, no, not me, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned over these past three years is like the more you own and own up to and speak loudly about when it comes to your gifts in this world, it, that's how you change the world. Yeah. When you hide or dull down or dim your light because like, you don't want to be too much or too this, or then we're, we're robbing people of, of the change that they could receive from us shining our light in the world. Yes. 
Yes. I don't know when the first time I heard that particular version of you know, perspective on that, but it, it hit me hard because I was one of those that hid for a long time. I just wasn't comfortable being, you know, my, my wild, wonderful woo-woo self. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, somebody said, you know, why are you being so stingy? It's like, what do you mean I'm being stingy? You have all these gifts and you're not bringing them to anybody else. You're just holding on to them. And that's stingy. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought of it that way. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard it in the way someone looked on the screen on a video one time and said, people are dying emotionally, physically, and, and, and mentally when you don't share what it is that you have. And that hit me like, I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. he's right. He's so right. Right. And we're making it about ourselves when we don't share. Right. Like it's it's like you said, like your friend said, it's stingy, it's selfish when we yeah. hate what it is. But we're we're kind of ingrained and taught differently, you know, growing up. It was the be humble and, and be 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 quiet and don't boast and don't brag. And, and, yeah. and yeah, don't be too much of anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Partly because mm-hmm. in our culture it hasn't felt safe to yeah. be, you know. Look at me. <laughs> Look at what I can do. I'm, I you know. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's some of it is culture. Some of it, well, a lot of it's culture, I think. Some of it is past life stuff too, because we do bring in some of those traumas with us. I know that I did. And mm-hmm. when you've been a healer through many lifetimes, many of those didn't end so well. <laughs> so I know that there was some of that that I brought with me this time to clear out, to work out so that I could stand in my power. That. That that stuff, if you told me, like I think that we had mentioned when we were chatting three years ago, if you told me I would be talking about past lives and and spirit guides and 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 manifestation and, and meditation, I'd be like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, I don't talk about that stuff, right? I don't even know what that stuff is, right? Mm-hmm. And I now I'm like, when you talk about past lives, all I want to do now is talk to you about like, oh, I was like a military guy, right? And I was this. And I'm like, I get all excited and giddy. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, and we're going to take a little tangent here because I love, I work with past lives quite often with my clients. They'll come up in, when we're doing healing work. That's so cool. It is very cool. That's um, so cool. <laughs> but I love seeing the threads between all the lives to what they're mm-hmm. here to do now. Because we do mm-hmm. tend to come back in similar ways or with similar purposes. I knew this almost my whole life that I wanted to do something in the, in the health field. You know, mm-hmm. but I med school, I thought twice about going to med school. I couldn't handle the science. It's not my thing. I thought about becoming an acupuncturist at one point, decided that wasn't my thing. I went to public health school. That wasn't my thing. I finally figured out my thing is that I'm an intuitive energy healer. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> and if I look back at the past lives that I've learned about over the last 10 years or so, there's that's that's what I was doing in those lives is that I was being some sort of healer, shaman, whatever. And yes, it's fascinating. I, we could talk fascinating, forever, but yeah, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> so how did you then awaken to this sort of, you know, what people call woo woo? I, I haven't found a better, a metaphysical, spiritual kind of understanding. So one thing I, I, I can say is I've always been open to new things. I never had like, I'm not one of those resistant to change. I actually embrace change. Love it. Like I've moved like 20, 22 times. And that's not including all the movies we've done with the RV in one year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that kind of stuff. And, and, and so when I started the journey, someone gave me Gabby Bernstein's book, Universe Has Your Back. Mm-hmm. That was my first introduction to anything universe, okay. anything like in those terms. And then just gradually over time, the coach I worked with was like, she taught me tapping, taught me. And then she bought me my Akashic reading. And then like, so she like, she wasn't like, me throw it down your throat she's like when there was a need and she felt like something she would be like are you open to trying something new Mm -hmm. of course i am now i was that standard person that like i would do meditation like i can't sit still i can't do it for 30 minutes i can't focus i can't visualize (laughs) like i'd get frustrated because i wasn't doing it right right Right. yeah and so i challenged myself with her with her mentorship to do like a straight 40 day it was like with deepak chopra and oprah that I love saying that together. And I did that. And, and after doing that, it was just, it's just like a muscle, like any, anything that you build, it's like the practice of it. I was like, wow. oh, yeah. <laughs> like now and I they get call it a meditation practice. Right. Right. <laughs> Me, I was like, I'm like the ADD child of, of self-care, by the way, like in the ADD child, I'm like, one day I'm going to journal, one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to do that. One day I'm gonna... And I 
course, again, in the beginning, thought I was doing it wrong. Mm. But then finally, like, I, she gave me the grace of, like, you might be that person who needs variety, and that's okay. She's like, as long as you're spending time with you. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing is learning. One of the biggest shifts for me was learning how to be. Because I just came from a career where I worked 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I was on the go constantly, especially the last two years I was traveling. And then I come into this. I took six months off after I got fired. And I was like, I've never taken any time off more than a week. And I want to experience some time off. And I took six months off and I traveled like seven different places with friends, even if there were short weekends or week. So I tasted what freedom, time freedom was like. Mm -hmm. I was like, never going back. Yeah. So that, that, that solidified I'm never going back and getting a job. So that like stand that. Mm -hmm. But then during that time, I was like, all right, let's go all in. And I hired a coach because I was like, I need to start making money somehow. But if I'm not going to get a job, I need to create this business. When I hired her, like, I thought like, okay, we're going to build a business. Well, like that first six months, I cried more than I've ever cried in 40 years. I cracked open like a walnut. She cracked me up like a walnut, not meaning purposely, but that's what happens when you don't want to deal with yourself. Yeah. I realized for 40 years, I never knew how to be. I was always the do have or do have, do have. And I never, what do I want to be with me for? Like, like nobody, what do I want to do with my emotions and feelings? Yeah. Nobody teaches us how to do that either. No, yeah. no. Especially when you grow up, mom passed away when I was five and I grew up with my dad and four brothers and my sister was older and already out of the house. And so it's like, I had, I only had the masculine, my dad had a construction company on top of it. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. you know, so it was masculine. very, so, so feelings, what are those? Yeah. I mean, come on, Lauren, like, what, please, no. And I, and I don't know if I, I don't know if you know the story that like those feelings I pushed down through binging and purging for 30 years and no one ever knew. No one in my life, like the person I was married to, my best friends of 20 years, like all of it, no one knew. But it was my way of learning how to stay safe mm -hmm. and how to feel loved and how to belong. Mm. And so the, the, the binging part came from anytime there was food around, people were around. Yeah. So I was like, oh, belonging, self love and belonging. Mm -hmm. So when there was nobody around, which I pretty much raised myself, that's what I, I substituted it with, with food. Mm -hmm. Well, then I was like, I had these emotions, you know, you hit 11, 12, like I had these emotions oh. and feelings, right? And nobody around to help, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, how do I deal with this? So I can't be angry. I can't bother anybody. I can't show anger, this and that. So the bulimia was a way of me releasing all of those like sad, oh, angry emotions. Yeah. And it was, you know... It, it was it was my way, and I don't call myself a bulimic because I believe it was just my safety mechanism to protect me for all those years mm -hmm. until I learned how to feel. Yeah. And thank God for this business, for me running across this business, because it taught me how to feel and love myself while I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I grew up not being allowed to be angry, but I, I cried a lot. I was... I, people, my mother was always saying, what are you crying about? You have nothing to cry about. And it's like, I'm swallowing all this anger. Yeah. And, you know, I know, right? It wants seen. to come out. <laughs> I didn't know why I cried either. That's my mechanism for letting it go. And mm -hmm. I, my, my favorite little piece of, of miscellaneous trivia is that there was a, a scientific study done that shows that tears are chemically different depending on why you're crying. <gasps> I love oh, that. If you're crying from anger, there the chemicals are a certain thing. I guess a lot of cortisol and that sort of thing. If you're crying from joy, it's a completely different chemical makeup of those tears. And oh. really are physically moving the energy through you in different ways with their hormones and chemicals, you know, being the man. The wonder is so cleansing. Yeah. I feel so good when it's done now. Yeah. Like I would fight it, like you were talking about, I would fight it back in the day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I'd wonder why I didn't feel so good because I wasn't letting out all of those, right. those things you were talking about. Right. And so. that's where people end up getting physical illnesses too, because we swallow or we hold in the body all those things we need to express. Mm -hmm. And eventually your body will say, oh, hello, there is something over here you have got to pay attention to. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That disease we create in our body. I can imagine yeah. that you really, that's the, when you clear that stuff with people, with doing what you do how amazed they are yeah it's super transformative for people mm. and lighter man i know so i'm much, so much lighter and and i think one of the things that that they learn with working with me and i'm sure with most healers is that when you have somebody to help you move those that energy it's mm -hmm. not as hard as you think it's going to be mm -hmm. like somebody's helping with the lifting 
And I like to tell people, look, we're going to figure out what this is. It's maybe something you really haven't wanted to approach or, or look at, but you get to keep the wisdom and we're going to get rid of the pain now. Mm, I love that. And so you get the gift of it. It's like you looking back at your, at your being fired, you know, in those two years you spent learning all these tools you now need. You got, you, that was the pain. You got rid of the pain, but you got to keep all of the wisdom. Yes, 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 I do. I'm all about wisdom. I love wisdom. <laughs> I love it. Now, so. and we have so we have all the wisdom we need within us if we're willing to let it come out. Like that's something else I realized. I, I I don't know about you, but on the journey, I've tried to. Everything has happened exactly the way it's meant to happen for me, you know, and everything's happening for us. And there was times where I kept wanting to reach out and like bring in more to like gain my value or make like like find it externally. And then when I finally realized that, wow, it's all inside of me, I don't need to look externally for anything. It's inside of me and my higher power and our connection and boom, I got everything I need. Yeah, That was the owning part of the three pillars I talk about of the awakening, empowering and owning. When I finally realized like, oh, I own my own magic. Yes. <laughs> yes. We are all magical beings. We don't, we don't know that. Nobody teaches us that or at least in our culture, it doesn't. I, I can't uh -huh. speak for the, the world because I know there's so many different places and different cultures, but in the American culture, we don't get taught about being magical beings. We're supposed right. to be magical beings, you know? Yes. No, we're not supposed we to have to magical. operate with evidence only. Yeah. And, and in reality, you have to operate without evidence based on faith, love, and joy, and what you desire. Yeah. And that was another one like, oh, I'm, it's a different mindset. When you're an employee, you, you operate based on evidence. Mm -hmm. And when you have like, but this, this concept of operating without evidence and visioning it and knowing that it's happening and stepping into it, like, I'm like, that's just a lot of whole faith and oh, yeah, woo woo yeah. stuff from back in the day. And like before I knew what woo woo was, right? Right. Yeah. That is, that's what I start everybody with. I start everybody with the freedom vision. Like, what is it that you really want? What do mm -hmm. you really want to desire? And I'm not talking about tangible things. Like, yes, those will come. I'm talking about what do you want to feel? Who do you want to become? What do you want to hear, see, touch, taste, mm. think? I mean, all of that. Like, get all into the senses and the yeah. emotions. And, and then who do you want to become? Mm. That's power. That's, that, the, the visioning of who you want to become is so much fun. But it's hard, it's hard in the beginning, man. I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had a, a couple of people try to lead me through that. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue. But yeah, so that's that's a very powerful place to start. That's, yeah. That's incredible. Hmm. And it might start small and that's okay. Like, like there's no wrong way on what that looks like. So let's say like one of my visions was to like just be free with like my time which I was creating already, but then mm -hmm. I wanted to also have like money freedom where like I could do what I want when I want. Yeah. My saying is I want to do what I want when I want, whenever I want without having to ask for permission yeah. from anybody, including myself. Because <laughs> I was the one who always stopped myself from doing things, right? Can't afford that, can't fit that, can't do right. that, yaddy, yaddy. And so in the beginning, the visioning is you have to break through a lot of the things that you held yourself from wishing that you could have because mm -hmm. it didn't seem so possible. Right. And one of the biggest things that helped me broaden that vision for myself is surrounding myself with people who already are doing what it is that I desire. Yeah. So that gift of belief you talked about, like we get to borrow it from someone else. Yes. And so I would surround myself with other people who had coaching business, other people who had the time freedom, who had the money freedom, who had the location freedom. And I was like, all right, they got it. So can I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, that that taking their experience and and borrowing of that belief that that you could do that too, or that they have in you that you can do it. I started my professional you know life as a as a healer because one of my teachers, my first teacher, said you need to be doing this. She was one of the ones that said you know you're keeping it from the world. That's not mm -hmm. fair, you know. And so she kind of pushed me out of the nest, and I really had to borrow her belief. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't know how to move these wings. You're pushing me out of the nest. <laughs> so I'm going to step off the nest and fall down out of my face. <laughs> and, you know, and it was, it was such a gift of, of her belief. And it was a, an act of faith that I, I had to believe that she believed, you know, that she wasn't just trying to, you know, make nice and like, you know, get me out of her hair or something. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> 
Be free, child. Be free. Well, that did I ever tell you this? Did I tell you the story about the, when I was interviewing for jobs and how I ran into somebody? One of the interviewers was a guy I used to work with. Oh, oh gosh, this okay, was tell great. Us. This was like the permission and how the universe puts things exactly where mm-hmm. you know for you, right when it's meant to be. So I'm interviewing for jobs, and I'm like. I'm getting them in the restaurant business. It's really easy to go get another job because like you're like a piece of meat because like, oh, you got experience. Come on in. Yeah, right. (laughs) And so I got a couple offers and I said no. And then there was this third one I started interviewing for. It was another restaurant chain that was expanding and they were like, oh, you have everything. So let me get you interviewed with the big guy because I did restaurant openings Mm -hmm. for many of the companies. And so he gets on the phone and it says, hi, Mike. Ironically, there's so many Mikes in my life. My boyfriend's (laughs) name is Mike. And he's, he used to work with me at Potbelly, which is another chain I worked for. And he was like, I know you. We don't need to interview. He's like, I'd hire you in a heartbeat. He loved me when we worked together at that company. So we didn't have to go through the interview. He's like, but I got a question for you. How's life been going and what have you been doing? And I was like, oh, you know, so I was like telling him how I just had this two months. I was only two months into my coaching with life coaching, learning about life coaching and health coaching and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but I see that I could do this and this. And he's like, awesome. He's like, how much money do you have? I was like, why are you asking me about my finances? He's like, I want to know how much money you have to live on. And I was like, what? And, it, and I, I didn't get it at first. So I was like, well, I'm selling my house. I'm cutting my expenses. I was telling him how that I was working towards just a life change. And he's like, great. He's like, you try that for a year. And if it doesn't work out, come back. And I'll give you the job because right now I'm not going to give you the job. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean you're not giving me the job? You love me. He's like, because I'd rather, he goes, if I was in your position, I would do what you want to do in a heartbeat. Like I would, I would just go do my own thing, have my own business. He's like, he was in a mindset of like, I've got family commitments. I can't Mm -hmm. just jump. He was the main breadwinner, you know? And he's like, but man, if I was in your position, he's like, so you have a guaranteed job with me. He goes, but not right now. Mm-hmm. And what when he said yeah. that, he gave me the permission, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if he believes I can do this. And he's given me this because I told him I have a year of money to live on. Mm-hmm. And because I had saved money, but I also had like, you know, some accounts. And I also had, of course, all credit cards. Mm-hmm. And then I had some, some unemployment. But then I just, I was lowering, I was selling a house and I was cutting my expenses into an apartment just so that we, because the kids were, his kids were starting to go out. And I was like, Wow. He just gave me the permission. So from that point on, I was like, I'm in. And mm. I know I knew I had this like safety net. Yes. Like I, I could get a job in a year from now if it doesn't right. work out. Right. And never, I never had to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I definitely borrowed his belief in me in that moment. Yeah. And then I went all in. So yeah, that's such a gift. And as a coach and, and, you know, as what I do too, that's something that we give to our clients is that belief mm-hmm. that they can be what they want to be and they can do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And more. You know? And more. Oh my and gosh, more. yes. Yeah, that gift of belief is something, I think grandparents, grandmothers particularly, are really good at doing that for grandchildren. Parents, I know, you know, having been a parent, well, I'm still a parent, but they're grown people now. <laughs> but that, you know, you get lost in the, the minutia of making lunches and getting them off to, to school and, and did you do your homework and it, grandparent can come in and go, honey, oh, this is so exciting. I'm so glad you're doing this. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I think that you would be really good at that. You go try that. You know, it's like, yeah. So I think grandparents are, and grandmothers in particular, I tend towards grandmothers, but they are, they are something we really need more of. And I think mm-hmm. that the work you do and the work I do in a way kind of fills that gap for adults. <laughs> you want to have some really funny in college, you know what my nickname was? What? Grandma. Really? And that sounds weird. Like, why would you be called grandma? But we were in a, a group of women that we didn't want to be in a sorority, so we created our own group. Because <laughs> that's how much I want to be free from, yes. from rules and regulations. So anyway, I, they one day they were like, you are always, like, one, you care about everybody, but two, you help see things that people don't see. And like you read, like I read labels really well on round the jar. Like we're all stuck in this jar and mm-hmm. I don't read the label. And they related it to that. And I was like, okay, we'll take that nickname. At first I was like, what are you trying to say? First of yeah. all, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest looking here. I'm like, but what are you trying to say? Yeah. And I got it. They're like, you care from a place like a grandmother would. And you, yeah. you don't over helicopter people either. And right. I was like, oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a different, I'm not a grandmother up. yet. I don't know if I ever will be. It doesn't, I have no you know mm-hmm. skin in that game but i see my friends who are grandparents now and how what a lovely 
positive relationship they have with their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Because you're not responsible for the discipline and the homework and all that. If you can just be the loving grandparent. And I think that's yes. so cool. <laughs> it's so pure. Like mm -hmm. I watched the love that my boyfriend loves his kids profusely. But the love that like the love and light that he has when he sees his grandson. Mm -hmm. And when, I, when I'm with that kid, like I've never felt more love than when I'm holding that kid. And I have 10 nieces and nephews. I yeah. adore them. Mm -hmm. But when I held him... Like yeah. he's going to be two in November. Mm. Yeah. It's just magical. Magical. So. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's the payoff for raising the, the generation that has been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So you do call yourself a freedom mentor, which I love. So that obviously is the focus of your work and your life. You're living in an RV now, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Welcome so you are really living. Yeah. You, you can go anywhere. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And it wasn't in the vision. I just want to be clear. Like, this is not like a lifetime dream that I've always wanted to do. It was I had on my vision board and I was writing all my like celebrations of what's already happening. And it was a Greece and Italy and Spain and those, oh, nice. all these places internationally that I wanted to go. And then COVID hit. Right. And so I had two choices. I could wait through COVID and not do anything or I could figure out another way. I can visit and figure out another way to travel. And that's when we started watching RV America, which is a series don't watch it if you don't want to buy an RV. So like, we're like, oh, that would be good. That would be good. And then we went to like the first show that opened up publicly and we're like, oh, we're walking through them. Mm -hmm. And then we just decided a year before we went full time, we bought the unit. And here's and the ironic. The funny part is when we bought the unit, I was like, I don't have the money to buy the truck yet. Like, we're not ready for that. Well, in the when we were buying the, the RV, the guy's like, well, what kind of truck do you need? And I was like, well, we need a truck to pull this thing. It's 44 feet. It's like 20 packed. It'll be like 20,000 pounds, right? And he's like, well, someone just turned in a fifth wheel already set up truck, a truck set up for a fifth wheel around the corner for sale. He just turned it in like an hour ago. And I was like, black, it's this. It had like all the descriptions. We were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we go around the corner. We go around the corner and the guy's pulling it up on like the display like section of the grass and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, we want to take it for a drive. He goes, I just put it here. And I'm like, let's take it for a drive. It was $25,000 less than what I've been seeing online. Okay. It only had 17,000 miles. And I got a text message from somebody in the same moment saying, I want to be your client. And the payment was the same exact amount of money. And I was like, all right, we're buying the truck. It was, it was like, it was like, uh -huh. all right, we got a truck. Yeah. And that the universe provides. <laughs> yes, that showed me that like we 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 don't always have the evidence in the moment. It shows up, and things happen. And so from and then once we got that, we're like we're going full time as soon as the last kid's out of the house. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so now we're full time traveling the country. Nice, nice. Yeah, when things fall into place like that so easily, you know it's that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's it's yeah. It's, it's when we moved to Williamsburg from Silver Spring, Maryland. So at the DC area, which is mm -hmm. where I'm familiar, the traffic was part of why we left the area. We decided very suddenly that we wanted to look at Williamsburg. We had been vacationing here for a few years with the kids, you know, bush gardens and stuff. And we took a weekend. My parents happened to be around. They could keep the kids. He and I came down. I had found the neighborhood we are now in online, but we didn't think it was one that we could afford. So we were looking at other ones and we were in one that's right next door to this. I mean, it's like on the same street. You know. And mm -hmm. I went, oh, that's the one I saw online. Let's go take a look. We're here. Why not? When we left, we had been taken around by a salesman. We had talked to him. We picked up a lot. We did say we want to think about it for, for a week, you know, just mm -hmm. give us because everything. I mean, this was like within days of deciding we maybe we should move to Williamsburg. We came back the next, I think like the next week and went to visit the schools because that was my other priority is we had to have good schools, great schools here and public schools even, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and so we bought the lot. They hooked us up with a, a builder that builds very efficiently. So it was more quickly done. We, our house in Maryland sold before we put it on the market, <laughs> before we were ready. <laughs> We found yep. an apartment you know, in, in Silver Spring where we could live for six months to let the kids finish out school because mm -hmm. it's Christmas time that our, our household. We found a townhouse exactly when we needed it for exactly the mm -hmm. time we needed it in this neighborhood so they could start school in the new schools. 
And then our house was, I mean, it was just everything fell right into place. It was crazy. And over about 14 months, this whole thing up and wound. And I looked back and go, clearly, this is where we're supposed to be. That was way easy for such a complicated set of circumstances. So, yeah. Uh, It's just the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, this is what I want to do. And when it's right, it just unfolds. And here's a, something that came up for me when you were talking about that. It's the easy part. Mm-hmm. We like we tend to want to like resist the easy. So when something gets too easy, it must be wrong because it's not a struggle. Right. It's not hard. It's not like, and, and we were telling like it's got to be hard to do stuff. When things fall into place, like let it, yeah. like let yourself receive the easy. Right. right. And that was hard for me, but let the easy be easy and that was a hard one for me because I always felt like everything had to be a struggle like I I worked very hard my dad ran a construction company and ran a business and raised six kids and it was it was hard mm-hmm. and I was always I always thought like there was there's a struggle there's always going to be right. a struggle well what I'm here to tell myself and everybody the struggle's not real yeah that's saying that the struggle's real the struggle is not real doesn't have to be unless we decided to be mm-hmm. and to listen and trust when you feel the easy happening and let it flow because that's what it's meant to be like. Right. So, for example, living in this thing, everyone asks me, oh, my gosh, how are you guys? Are you guys killing each other yet? Because it's <laughs> like, you know, it's such a small space and there's mm-hmm. two of us. And I said, listen, I said, I've owned four houses in my past. All of them I sold within two years, which you're not supposed to do when you own property. Mm-hmm. And I should have like I could have if I had just been open and aware that that wasn't my lifestyle that I wasn't this is easy for me mm-hmm. like we love it I don't have like I feel we feel I've slept better in this camper than I've slept in any wow. house I've ever lived in uh-huh and that's just because that's what's meant for me right and so I can feel the easy and I'm accepting it and receiving it which was receiving was one of the hardest things yes. for me yeah I don't know about you but... yeah <sighs> well I have resisted It's interesting when I look back because I was very nervous about moving here. It was going to change our lives completely because Dean's business is in D.C. Mm -hmm. And he was going to have to be away several days a week. He was already working 12-hour days. The kids barely saw him. So three days a week wasn't that big a change because when he was home, he was home. He worked in the Mm -hmm. house. He was here when they got home from school, you know, that kind of thing. So it was, we had a whole lot of reasons for doing it. They were all good reasons and they were, and they were the correct reasons apparently. And, Mm -hmm. but I, I was very concerned that it was going to change everything and that might not be good. Mm -hmm. No, it changed everything and it was so much better. Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Trust and surrender. (laughs) Yeah. That trust and surrender is, is hard at first. And then once you experience it a few times and you learn to go, oh, that was really easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yes. My computer, there are days where I cannot make things work. And Damn. I have learned that I need to go do something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not supposed to work today. I'm not supposed Thank to work you. here. Nope. There's something better out there for me today. And yeah, exactly. My guides are masters at technological glitches. <laughs> I totally am on the same page with you on that one. I totally embrace it too. And I'm like, okay. Just means I'm not supposed to yeah. be here yeah, doing be really this right now. Hard when I've promised somebody to get them something. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Then I just text them and go, technology's not working today. I'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, I've got a good story, but I don't know if we got, well, we got real, real quick about trust and surrender. In the beginning, I real quick, fast timeline, February 2019, I hired my coach. I was all in. Teach me the business. Yaddy, yaddy. Then I realized. I needed to work on between these two areas, which is 80%. Mm-hmm. The strategy was very minimal. Mm-hmm. I had enough strategy already. I just wasn't doing it here. So six months into working with her, I was like, I'm doing all the things. My schedule is packed. I'm seeing all the people. I'm having great discovery calls and I'm making no money. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what's going on? So we assessed the actual things. And then so she was like, okay, first of all, your schedule is packed out. So let, so let me challenge you to do something. She's like, September, this was September. She's like, I'm sorry, this was September. October, you're going to do nothing. I was like, what do you mean I'm going to do nothing? She's like, you're not going to add anything else to your schedule. You're just going to trust that what you have in the schedule is enough. And then you're going to, anyone who wants to, you're going to push it further out into January. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I'm going to book people for January. I'm like, that's crazy. And of course, scarcity was like, no, we need all the people. I'm not making that much money now. 
So I go through the month of September, I mean, October, and I made, I was at like only like a thousand a month and I, I boosted to 3000, about 3,500. I was like, oh, I just did less and I made more. I was like, yeah. but now I don't know what to do with all my time. She's mm-hmm. like, well, we're going to do it again in November. She's like, now you're going to have more time on your hands. And I'm like, well, what do I do with all this time? She's like, you're going to have to go for a walk. You're going to take a bath. You're going to talk to a friend. You're going to play with your dogs. You're going to do whatever has nothing to do with doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I was being more, right? She's mm-hmm. teaching me how to be. And then, of course, I, t- I went from 35 to like 55. And I was like, oh, okay. Twice a charm. Let's see if three third time's a charm. Did it again in November. My schedule was getting smaller and smaller. And I think I only worked like, like 10, 15 days or something in that December. And I actually had like holidays with family. And I did mm-hmm. all the things that you never could do in the, hol- in the restaurant business. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had my biggest month ever in December when the people say people don't spend money. Uh-huh. And I started laughing. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get the whole trusting and surrendering thing. Thank you so much. <laughs> but it was, I had to sit and I had to be, and I never realized until that moment how important it was to be, be rather yeah. than do and have. Mm-hmm. And it's more important because there's more of that energy and alignment with energy and self and universe and, and, and with the, with the vision that you have, if your vision's are, energy is here and you're here yeah. you're not, it's never going to align right and so that was magical around trusting and surrendering <laughs> mm, i love that thank you for sharing that with us i'm gonna have to bring some of that being more being into my business i've been very busy lately and it's a, it, yeah which is interesting because i just blocked off my calendar for for october it's like i'm not taking any more you know if if the doing is fun then mm-hmm. that could be a different story yeah like if the doing is like, this is bringing me so much joy and pleasure, but if it's a pressure doing, right. different story. So I always ask myself, is this pressure or pleasure? That, that's good. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Because for me, it's been so much fun. I've been doing a ton of interviews, which I love, but I'm getting a little overwhelmed because everything else yeah. had to fall by the wayside. So it's like, and now, okay, make some breathing space for myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. I allow you to. Thank you. I give you permission. <laughs> I will I will borrow your belief that I can do that. <laughs> and watch how much more happens in your life. Yeah. No, how I much really more gonna, you receive. I, I am going to enact that. Yeah. I love that idea of just not planning to do anything. Just letting mm-hmm. just being. Yes. It's magical. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. I always get so much from these conversations. I love it. Well, let's let's go to the rapid fire questions here before we run out of our time. So the first one, and again, this is just simple. Whatever comes to mind first is a great answer. Okay. Okay. Who is or was the wisest person in your life? So I go back to my dad and not just because he's my parent, but because he was someone who came from Canada with a third grade education and built his own business Mm. through much adversity in the challenges of his life. He was pulled off to help raise the nine kids below him to run the farm and everything in the third grade. And then over time, he like, he just, he just applied himself to everything he did. And then when he came here, built his own construction company and and ran it. And yes, it had its challenges. And it taught, <laughs> has also taught me some stories I've had to rewire of how hard entrepreneurship is. And it doesn't have to be. But but overall, he did that with maintaining his character and never changing that. No matter how many times somebody did something dishonest with him or they like didn't pay him or this and that, like he kept his character of who he was as a human, as a, as a good man. Mm. And that never changed. So to see someone go through that much adversity and still maintain a, just an absolute amazing character. Yeah. And not get, you know, yeah. Did he get angry at times with like the people? And of course it's human nature, yeah, but right. he stayed the kind, grateful human that he is today at 90. Wow. Wow. That's a good life. Yeah. It's yeah, a good life. Okay. What's your favorite self-care practice? So for me, it's really, <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly in self-care in the sense of like putting myself outside in nature when it comes to like I'm sitting outside on the porch. That's why there's so much sun on me, but I'm sitting outside the porch of my RV and that's why we got this because I wanted to have an outdoor office. I used to put myself down at the lake where we used to live in the apartment and I would go to the lake and I would work staring at the lake because I want a lake house one day with a mountain view. So I'd place myself there. A lot of nature and water, anything around water, but something that's really we talked about earlier was the meditation piece. I've learned that when I when I'm down on energy 
or any kind of lull in my day where I'm like pushing. I feel like I'm about to push myself. I just stop, take 20 minutes and I go do a quick like clearing energy, whether it's just a music, whether it's guided, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I took like a 10 hour sleep at night or something. Mm-hmm. It took 20 minutes and that really helps me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I do that. I, I use, especially when I'm really stressed out, I, that's when I really use the meditation as a self-care practice because it makes all the difference in the world. So what lights you up when you're feeling down? Mm. Mm. I don't know. Like, like it's, it's interesting. Like if you, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm superhuman and I don't get down because it's not mm. all rainbows and unicorns, but very rarely do I go past a few moments of being down because I let myself feel, but then I ask myself the question, like, does this serve me? Mm-hmm. And is this thought true? And so I've done a lot of work on how in the moment I get to change that thought. So I was had anxiety over, I mean, I had anxiety or stress over something that happened at one of the campgrounds we were at. And I woke up one morning, like two days later, and I was like, because these guys were harassing and stuff like that. It was really weird. And I woke up and I was like, Ugh. I was a feel, I felt horrible. And I just went, okay, hold on a second. How will this impact? How does this impacting? Like, how does this serve you? How does this impact the rest of your day? Like, was this? And I stopped, I rethought, changed the thought, went in a different direction, felt differently. And then, boom, I actually burst a program from that day. <laughs> like, I did a post about it and then a program came out mm-hmm. and it was like amazing. And I'm like, ah, so hmm. that's, it's really just stopping and honoring like where I'm at feeling the feels and then, but then going, okay, you get to think different. You get to feel different without like forcefully stopping the feeling. I'm, I don't right. do it that anymore. Right. Not stopping yeah. it down, but just going, acknowledging it, being aware, and then deciding I get to feel different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where the turning inward kind of practices like meditation and or just walk yes. nature helps you to begin to recognize what am I feeling? Why mm-hmm. am I feeling it? You know, because if you just ignore the inside, then you don't, mm-hmm. don't have any way to have a conversation with yourself about that. So, and it comes back with a vengeance. Yes. If it you does. don't pay attention to it, you don't let it be. And, but you don't have to live there. And I think that's the difference. Like we get to feel it, but sometimes we feel like we have to live here. I have to feel yeah. this. And I can't, yeah. I can't feel joy and sad at the same time. Well, that's not true. Yeah. I can't feel like that, you know, who mm-hmm. told us that? Right. And what's true. Yeah. So I let myself feel. I just don't live. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation? You know, the one I said earlier, I want to do what I want when I want without having to ask for permission, like where I want, however I want to do it, Mm -hmm. without having to ask for permission from anyone. Because, and like I said, usually that permission came from me and me stopping myself because of a certain belief that I had or a lack or limitation or this and that. And really more and more each day, like owning, like own you, boo man, own you. I do. One of my very first sayings that I used to always say is like, get out of here, get out of your head and into action. I have it on a t-shirt now because we get stuck in here so much and just really take the action that serves the the vision that you desire. And another one is like, I will no longer wait to live my freedom vision. I am living it in today and making money doing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, you created an amazing life for yourself. It's just, and, and you don't have to be an RV liver to have a free life, by the way. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, do I really have to jump in an RV to like feel? F-? No, there's so many no. versions of a freedom life. <laughs> yeah, because we all have our own sense of, of what that freedom is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell the listeners where they can find you. So, you know, what's interesting about my business is I built my whole thing on Facebook personal page and just doing one-on-one calls and networking meetings and stuff like that. But I have no other really, I didn't have any bells and whistles, I call it, mm-hmm. until more recently. So I've always made my personal Facebook page as a digital diary of my life, my travels, my business, mm-hmm. everything. So if you want to get to know me, and it's funny when people meet me in person, I'm like, yeah, you're exactly the way you are on Facebook. Like, there's no difference. What you see is what you get. Uh So come friend me on Facebook if you're in that area. I am on LinkedIn and I am on Instagram. But my website, it's all on my website, which is Jackie Cote Coaching. So Jackie, C-O-T-E coaching.com. And then everything's like Jackie Cote everywhere. So you can look up on all those different platforms. I just recently got the website a couple months ago and I just got LinkedIn a couple months ago and I just did Instagram I've had for a while, but we have a love-hate relationship. But... (laughs) It's fun. So 
any of those platforms that you're into, I'm on now. But it wasn't until a couple of months ago that I decided to go beyond. And I've, I've built a magical business just on, and, and this is my word of wisdom, mm-hmm. really just own you and be you because you can build magic off of just being you. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. I knew this was going to be a fun conversation and it blew, it, it went way past fun. <laughs> I just mean that. I was like, when we were like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like, no, not us. It's going to be longer. We're, mm-hmm. too, we're, mm-hmm. we're too compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have too much fun talking. <laughs> it is. It, I do feel like we've known each other for a long time and we met just a few days ago. Actually. Right. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. And, yep. and that's built. why I'm so honored to be on your platform with your audience, because if we get along this well, can you imagine how well all of us get along? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine what a great coach you are just from knowing you and what you talk about and how you thank speak. you so i would i would recommend you in a heartbeat without having even been your client because i just get that feel from you it's that that heart centered kind of work that you do i love it you go right. make me cry at the end of this don't do that oh, no. <laughs> good tears good tears <laughs> very good tears all right. Well, I want to thank the listeners and eventually the viewers for being here with us today. And I hope that you had fun with this conversation and that you learned a few things like I did that you can apply to your own life. And I, I want to really thank Jackie for being here because this is this has been a real treat. And my energy, which was pretty low at the beginning because it's in the evening, is like sky high. <laughs> right? I got it. I was like, I'm not going to sleep tonight now. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go run around the block or something. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate you and I appreciate your energy. And I'm so glad the universe connected us. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I look forward to more. All right. So please come back next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. We have a new episode that comes out every Tuesday. And I usually have lovely interviews to do with fabulous, amazing women. I've been so lucky with our guests. And occasionally you just get me. So it's always fun and it's always wise. So have a great day. Hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.